L is for the way. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. No, it wasn't L. It was W. But somehow it felt not like an L, but it just, I don't know. You ever go out to a nice, and I bet a bunch of you, you're all going to go out to eat tonight, right? Oh, yeah. Lovebirds are going to get together. Try to go get a reservation sensation right now. Not easy. Not easy if you you wait until today like uh, some uh, people. But anyway. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So uh, you're going to go out tonight, and some of you will walk out of the restaurant a little unsatisfied. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The steak just wasn't cooked exactly right. Now, you still have love sitting across the table from you. You can still have a nice night, but... Eh, it's a little just unsatisfying. Dalton Johnson, NBC Sports Bay Area, all over the Warriors. That's last night for me, Dalton. 126 points to the Wizards. Like, yeah, it's a W. It just felt a little unsatisfying. That's all. Yeah, I guess that was a good night. Maybe a healthy Gary Payne II could have helped out just a little bit. Just a little bit, right? The, the, the defense was definitely lacking. I mean, on both sides of the ball, it was an absolute offensive show. I mean... You were looking at the numbers early, and it's like, okay, one team's shooting 70%, the other team's shooting 60-something percent. So, again, the Wizards, they shot 60% and they lost the game. That's crazy to think about. No, it's madness. I actually was just talking to Mark about the Draymond Green no-rebound factor, and I realized there were no rebounds to be had either way because the ball kept going through (laughs) the damn hoop. What do you make of the Jordan Poole experience where one night he's going for 38, the next maybe he's a little offensively tentative? Which Jordan Poole do the Warriors need him to be night in and night out? Yeah, you know, I I think it's tough because – in reality, we, we praise Kevon Looney for playing game in, game out. You know, I don't think it's said probably enough about Jordan Poole that he plays every single game. And truth is, I think that he's someone, as much as anybody else, needs the all-star break right now. You know, this has been a, uh, an up-and-down season for him. The, the highs are very high. The lows can be head-scratching at times. We, we know how the season started out before the season even began. Then you go into that contract trying to kind of prove yourself. So I think that he's someone that definitely puts a lot on his shoulders. And that's where I think that really having this reset should help him uh, big time. And a performance like Andrew Wiggins had last night is going to help Jordan Poole immensely. So, you know, because he can't always have the load on his shoulders this heavily, you know, because, again, he, he's had some great performances without Steph Curry. But then at times he just tries to do too much. So that's where I think that the All-Star break is going to benefit Jordan Poole as much as anybody else in the Warriors. Dalton Johnson, NBC Sports Bay Area. Hey, before we go too much further into the whole now and the standings, can we back up a little bit and get into the James Wiseman experience and, and what was your read on the way the Warriors players and coaches talked about him yesterday now that he is no longer part of the organization? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think if you look, whether it be Bob Meyer, Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, everyone who was kind of asked about James yesterday, James really was a very well-liked person within the locker room, uh, within the media, too. I, I mean, I, I really liked any of my interactions with James. Um, it was just a tough situation. So, like, like, simple as that, right? And it's hard to say for a number two overall pick, but with the inexperience that he had, in college, and then, I mean, he didn't have his first training camp until this season, until year three. 
He played 60 games in two and a half seasons. And some of that was very much out of his control, whether it be the injuries or COVID, uh, all of that, right? So it, it's, it's really tough. Um, I think that at the end of the day, when, when it came down to this tricky and confusing trade, there was, there was no way to really rescind this. Uh, I, I think that it wouldn't be doing Gary Payton the second right. I don't think it'd be doing James White in the uh, right either. I think that they very much do see that they sent him to a situation that should help him, help his career, let him learn from his mistakes. And Steve Kerr said it yesterday that there just wasn't a runway right now, especially in this season where, you know, they just got back to a game over 500. You know, so it, it, it didn't work out. Um, I think it still can for James in the right situation. He's 21 years old. And unfortunately, when you have that high of a draft pick, the highest draft pick that the Warriors have had under Bob Myers, the, the highest pick that they've had since they picked number one overall in 1995. When it doesn't work out like that, it is a, a disappointment. It's a little bit of a letdown. But I think that everyone is kind of not relieved, but a little bit of a weight off their shoulders to kind of get rid of the awkwardness around the whole situation. And he goes to a team where he is the sixth youngest player. So a chance to play with a couple of teenagers and a bunch of other youngsters. Maybe <laughs> that's, that's the fit as opposed to a, a veteran squad. You mentioned the rescinding of the trade and the Warriors deciding not to do it. And now GP2 out for a month, possibly longer. How did that affect the overall mood of the team going into last night? Yeah, I think that I think they were happy to kind of just have them in the building, obviously. But again, like the whole situation definitely came as a, as a huge surprise. And, and you know, we talked about it at, at the top of the show as far as why, you know, why this would have been such a good move for them. It showed, you know, it showed in the results like last night. There's really no replicating what GP2 does for this team. The proof is in the numbers. You know, if you look at two-man lineups, there was nobody better with Steph Curry than Gary Payton uh, the second. If you look at defense as well, when Draymond Green was playing center last season with GP2 on the floor, the Warriors had something like a 97.7 defensive rating. It just unlocks every angle of their team, uh, the, the versatility of it all. I think they're very happy like to have him back in the building. He's very happy to be back here. It's just such a, you know, I think Steve Curry used the word strange as far as the situation with now having to wait for him to be able to play again. So, you know, he'll be reevaluated in one month, as you guys know. And the hope is that it's not too, too much further after that. But right now, it's just no basketball activities and have someone that everyone loves in the building be able to kind of be there on the bench and be around the be around the players and be around the coaches every single day pretty much right now. Dalton, has anyone asked the question why when it comes to the Warriors' defense this year? I know they're middle of the pack rating. They're very down toward the bottom in terms of uh, opponent points per game. Um, sure, they, they score a lot too. I, I get all that. But this team has been a very good defensive team at every stage over the last decade and with many of the same characters on the roster all of the sudden they're not why 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 is it that way they know that that doesn't work yeah that's a great question i mean obviously that's that's a huge point of emphasis you know in losing someone like a gary payton the second um as far as having the, this younger bench as well you know that they've kind of tried to replace him with different pieces of different players, whether it be a Dante DiVincenzo, a Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody early in the season, 
So it's just been really hard as, find, as far as kind of finding that, that cohesion. But I think they're even kind of like, we don't know. I mean, you know, this was the, the best or a top three at the very worst defense in all of basketball last season. And now they're either middle of the pack or near the bottom in, in some cases as well. So that's a question I think everyone's trying to kind of figure out right now as far as the steps, why, what is the answer? I don't think that there's just a cookie cutter, here it is, they're like, this is the answer, or else they would be able to kind of go, okay, we know the answer now, like, let's go get it. But, again, you bring up a great point because it is a lot, of, a lot of the same players. Yes, you are missing veterans from last season in Damian Lee, in Wontoscano Anderson, Otto Porter Jr., Nemanja Bialica, different guys like that. So I do think that that's part of the equation, missing those kind of veteran type of players. But overall, I don't think anyone saw there being this many cracks in the defense because there simply are just too many easy buckets, and, and other teams can go on too easy of runs like this season. You know, that's where when the Warriors had a, a lead in the past, you know, it felt safe. Like this season, not so much. Whether it's the fourth quarter, the third quarter, whatever it might be, they, they can be up by 15, 20 points. And all of a sudden, the other team goes on a 7-0 run, and you're like, okay, here we go. Like, this could really snowball effect quickly. And I, and I just don't think anyone has the clear answer right now. What's the future roster-wise of Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb in terms of their two-way status and whether or not one or both will get that full Golden State Warriors status this year? Yeah, it's so interesting, especially with, with the Gary move, right, where you have this open roster spot. You also kind of have a lot of, not a lot, but a handful of quote-unquote kind of dead roster spots right now. Iguodala. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, 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 Something well, was in my throat, Dalton. He, he, he played three games. Um, I expect him to play shortly after the All-Star break. Yeah. Steph Curry is still rehabbing that lower leg injury. Um, you know, GP2 is out for at least a month. Ryan Rollins has a guaranteed roster spot. He's a second-round pick that barely played and, you know, is out for the rest of the season. Uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. has a guaranteed roster spot. He's played 15 games with a 20-year-old rookie. Moses Moody has a guaranteed roster spot. He had solid, solid, solid minutes last night, but his role has diminished in year two. And that's what's tricky is, do you look at one of these two-way guys? Do you look at the buyout market? You know, I, I think right now with Steph out, Ty Jerome's role has really, really increased. And I just think that he's a smart player that really fits Steve Kerr's system. I think Anthony Lamb earlier in the year really obviously was a mainstay in the rotation, but kind of out of necessity a little, a little bit too. You know, Andrew Wiggins was out for long stretches. Moses Moody, like I said, his role kind of fell off. They, they didn't really have that quote-unquote veteran wing, really. And Lamb isn't so much a veteran, but he also was a four-year college player, someone that's bounced around between the NBA and the G League. So he did kind of bring that presence. He was an, an, a really good kind of making a corner three-pointers guy. You know, we saw the faults on defense, and, but Ty Jerome is someone who just controls the game really well. And when I, when I think of a playoff situation, do I think Ty Jerome's going to go out and play 20 minutes for you? No. But I do think having someone that controls the offense for even a few minutes at a time is really, really beneficial. So it, it's hard for me right now to, to not – 
see them giving a long look at Ty Jerome, especially. Yeah, you know what? It's an interesting point. I, I think a few weeks ago, uh, people would have gone the other way, but but uh, he, he's making a good run at it for sure. Uh, Dalton, thanks, man. Great to have you on. Good to hear your voice again. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Always fun. All right, there it is. Dalton Johnson on the Warriors, NBC Sports Bay Area. Before we get to anything that he said, uh, Dibs, this is just uh, this is just an idea that just popped into my head as I'm sitting here listening to both of you talk. Talk to me. Um, we need to do something. You you need to do something. We got to get I you. I hear a lot. We got to get you to a spot where Andre Iguodala doesn't mess with your... Your brain and your aura. I want Iguodala. And your emotions. We got to do like a seance or something. We got to do something here so that we can get you to just... Yeah, I don't need you to like him. I don't need it's you to... It's not li- about like or dislike. I, and I, don't, I don't need you to like what the Warriors did and bring him I've about. been beating the drum I, for him as a basketball Hall of Famer since before he was even a Golden State Warrior. I know, Warrior. but I want... I will, can, we, can we do something so that we can find a, a safe space for you? I'm, and I'm very happy with where I am with Andre Iguodala. You're, because it comes up a lot, and he's a completely I irrelevant had a cough, figure. Mark, right? and I didn't turn off my mic in time. Iguodala. Okay. Kyle, it got the, stuck in my throat. When's the last time we did a show where Iguodala's name didn't come up? When's the last time? Do you have that Boy. in there? Do you have it? Boy, that's a great question. When's the last like time? May... Fourth. May the 4th be with you. May 4th, yes. Yeah, Star Wars right. Day 2009. 2009. <laughs> <laughs> what's he played? Was he played three games this year? Three games, Mark. Okay. I got the numbers right here. 14 minutes a game. He is averaging 2.3 points a game. All right. He's averaging 1.7 assists a game and 2.3 rebounds. He's found his way to turn it over 1.7 times a game. Um, let's see. Do you know who has, uh, I mean, Patrick Baldwin Jr. How many games has he played for the Warriors? 15. This year? 15. Okay. So he has played five times the games. Yeah. That Andre Iguodala has played, and mm-hmm. I don't know if his name has come up on this show more than three times. Never heard of him. Right. So we got like... Iguodala right now is it, like I know you think, for instance, his salary is off. It's off when it comes to the amount of play he's getting. Well, so are his mentions, don't you think? No, we got to get no. you to a spot where you're just okay. I need you to be okay. I'll be okay. You don't seem okay. I'm I'm definitely far from okay. Okay, <laughs> if I can, Marcellus Wallace, for just a minute, I'm okay. All right. If he plays basketball, I'll be a lot better. Because the reason why his name just came up, because I asked Dalton Johnson, the pride of Petaluma High, I begrudgingly accepted him on the show. I'm a Casa Grande guy through and through. We were supposed to welcome him in that way. I forgot. Me and Amy G and Johnny Gomes. I don't know what Petaluma High has other than Dalton Johnson, which I like Dalton Johnson. He's my favorite Trojan of all time, as far as Petaluma goes. I digress. (laughs) His name came up because I asked a question about the roster. Yes. Because... Lamb and Jerome are running out of games. When they get to 50 games, you got to make a decision to either roster them or give them the big night-night. And this roster right now is replete with players who don't play. You've got an empty 15th. You've got Iguodala who doesn't play. Ryan Rollins is out for the year. So that's three right there. Seth Curry is out. GP2 is on the shelf. So 
it was a question about the roster, and invariably, when you talk about the roster, the name Andre Iguodala comes up because the guy's taken up a right. spot and he doesn't play. So fire me an opinion. Is this what you're saying? Cut Andre so that they can keep Anthony Lamb. If you are going to be a team that fancies itself as a playoff team, mm-hmm. and if you're a team that fancies itself as somebody that's going to need that body. Because when you get in the playoffs, you're not playing 15. You're not playing 12. You're probably playing 10 guys at the most. So, But what if they said, but Andre will play then? He I will. Would, I would say, uh, you know, see you in the lottery. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, it, Anthony Lamb and Andre Iguodala, neither of them as basketball players alone, are going to be the key to whether Correct. or not the Warriors do well but in the playoffs. who could potentially contribute more in a playoff series? So there's I a think good the question. answer is Anthony Lamb. All right, so there's a good question, and I don't know the answer to that because we haven't seen whether or not Andre can hold up for a period of time their contention is that we're just going to sit here and wait for that. Like they signed Andre for that, and we're not there yet. So, right. so their thought is he'll be available to us then, and we'll take Andre's experience over Anthony Lamb. See, I don't for even example. know if they think. I don't know. If I they don't know even know if yet. they think that. Last year, Andre Iguodala played seven playoff games. And he averaged 8.7 minutes per game in those playoff games. So, yeah. yeah, I don't even think that they look at Andre Iguodala as somebody who can help them in the playoffs. I think they signed him as a way to keep him around, do him a solid, and let him be a mentor and a leader. And how's that working out for you, Golden State Warriors? Air quotes. You air quoted him twice. He got double quotes. He is, he is a mentor and a leader. Right. Without air quotes. Okay. Let's look at how this year's gone from a I mean, mentorship and a leadership standpoint. I Draymond mean, Green's on pace for the most technical fouls he's ever gotten, well, and he, he punched Jordan Poole he, in the face. He's not here to lead Draymond Green. He's here to lead the younger guys. James Wiseman, he led him out the door. I guess, how do we know, and and this is why it becomes very difficult to quantify. It's unquantifiable. How do we know that Andre Iguodala wasn't wasn't instrumental in, in getting Jordan Poole back to a spot where he could play on this team? How do we know? Yeah, we I don't, don't know. Yeah. But I would think he was one of the guys in the room that, that was an elder statesman in a situation like that. I know that Kavon Looney got singled out as somebody whose leadership was great during that time. I don't know if Andre had anything to do with it at all. I know that that's why they signed him. That's what they said was the reason right, they signed right. him. I, I tell you For what, moments Mark, like that. I, I will not say this man's name again. You can, no, no, no. That's no, not no, no, what no. I'm saying. No, no, no. I'm not Much say- like people do dry I'm January, not- sober January, I- I'm going Iguodala free from now until St. Patty's but Day, I, I will want, not mention it. But him. I don't. But what if I he comes up? No, but what if we need to? We might need to. I'm not saying I don't want. I'm not. <laughs> That's what I'm not trying to erase the man from the show. I'm trying to get you to a good spot. I'm in a great spot. I want you mentally to have your full complement, your full arsenal. You know what I want, your Mark? Your arson judge. I want someone to pay me $2.827 million dollars to I chill in street clothes. That's I what I want. <laughs> and then have the audacity to take a microphone and complain about it. Yeah. That's what I want, Mark. Okay. All right. I'm done. We'll keep working on That's it. That's it. Uh, it's let's, over. Let's go to... No more mentions. <laughs> Starting... 
now. You stay out of my mentions. Uh, Don't be sliding in my DMs. Uh, Angry Black and Mel Peters is next up here on Willard and Debs. Angry Black, what are you doing? What's going on? Taking about 14 tons over the hill to Davenport heavy equipment. But here's the thing. Oh. If you need somebody with elbows in and palms up on the floor, then you want Iguodala. There you go. If you want somebody to play defense and hit a corner three and do a little bit more than that, I want Anthony Anthony Lamb. But the reason why I called was the, for the next seven to ten games, we don't need to put everything on Jordan Poole's shoulders. He's a young man still learning the NBA. What we need is these other guys to step up like they did last night in the first half. Ty Jerome driving the ball inside the paint. DiVincenzo hitting threes, jumpers, dishing off. Uh, Wiggins trying to get to the paint. Clay Thompson getting to the paint and dunking and getting to the line. That's what we need out of these guys. We need Jordan to facilitate and make shots, but we cannot put it on that young man's shoulders for the next seven to ten games while uh, Curry is out. And that's all I got. What do you guys think? Well, Thanks, I, I think there's a lot of good points in there. How And and Jordan Poole's not making $35 million a year yet, but he is slated to do so. Slate. slate. <laughs> Every time he it's slate. Sl- he is slated to do so. I don't think it's so. 20... It's not $35 it million. You know what, it's funny? What, is it? what does he make? Well, I only know this because I looked it up uh, with Steiny. Okay. You know what he's going to do next year? He's going to make more money than Draymond Green. Yeah. Draymond's yeah. making 27 and change. Jordan Poole's making 28 and change. How's that going to work out for you in next year's team chemistry when they uh, when they start the year and uh, Jordan Poole sidles okay. up to Draymond in camp and says, Hey, Draymond. If you need a little loan, yeah. <laughs> if you need to, if you need to hold a little bit, let me know because well, I got you. We don't know. Draymond could opt out. You get re-signed for more. I don't think he's going to get more AAV average so annual either. value. Steiny so and I were having this debate. I think you were out. Steiny seems to think that Draymond Green could opt out and get three years, three years and seventy-five 60, million, sixty to seventy. No, he said okay. seventy-five. Maybe. So if you're Draymond and you have a three-year seventy-five then, million, you're opting out. You're leaving. You would do that, yeah. If you if the offer is three and sixty, then I think it's it's debatable. It's debatable, but I still would think you would do it. To be honest with Especially you, especially to go to the Lakers, which um, is where uh, it seems like he wants to end up. So the average for Jordan is thirty-two, not thirty-five. But you're Correct. right; it'll start at twenty-seven and a half, then it goes to twenty-nine and a half, then it goes to almost thirty-two, and then it goes to a little bit over thirty-four. That's yeah. the next four years starting next year. So reason I bring that up. With great power comes great responsibility. Comes great responsibility. I love it. And so, in a world where in, your six man in, makes thirty-two million in a, a world year. where a basketball player keeps <laughs> slipping and falling. The point is this: in a world black, where a superstar throws his mouthpiece, you 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 do have that responsibility. You signed the bag. You you yelled into the into the camera. We're going to get a bag. Money time. And then you got then you got the bag, and so especially when Steph Curry goes out, yeah, you do shoulder a lot of the responsibility. That's the way it works. That's where money comes into play. I don't get uh, all up in my feelings about what these guys make, and it's too much, and oh, they're you know this right, means right. that or the other, or you have to uh, produce. But you do need to take the responsibility. When you get those numbers, it is a company saying, we are giving you this portion of the responsibility. 
especially in in this right. sport. But in contractually, sport. and this is semantics because the deal doesn't start till next year. Right. For me, right now, in terms of shoulder the load, I have him at fourth on my shoulder the load power rankings. Um, it's it's Clay, it's Draymond, it's Wiggins, and then you can talk about shoulder the load, Jordan Poole. I think you're right. While Steph for, is out, except for that, with with this one sort of caveat, which is that Jordan's going to start a lot of the plays with the ball in his hands. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah I get what you're saying that Wiggins is is a, a maybe a bigger deal, more important, more experienced, all of those things, and I agree. But Wiggins is also. He's a floater. He's a he's he's a wing. He's a receiver. He's catch and shoot. He's I'm gonna drive on my own. As far he's not trying to set anybody else up. Right. Jordan Poole, who at times in his career has not asked to set anybody up, needs to start setting people up. And and that is that's a responsibility. Yeah, it is. But in terms of like the responsible parties as to carrying the load while Steph is out, I still put him behind the other three. And one thing Dalton did mention that we all have to highlight. Jordan Poole leads this team in minutes played. Not minutes per game, but total minutes. He's been out there more than anybody else. Draymond is second. Clay is third. So Jordan Poole, he's out there every single night. So wild. Your third leader in minutes doesn't even play back-to-backs. Maybe tonight, though. Although he might tonight. Maybe tonight. He might tonight with the All-Star break coming. That's the word. We don't have that official as of yet, but more on that, more of your phone calls. And oh, wait till you hear what Steph Curry said about James Wiseman last night. That is coming up next. Warriors Live tonight, 95.7 The Game, presented by Xfinity Supercharge Your Home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. This is Willard and Dibs. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off you. I think that I am going to make a reservation at a beautiful restaurant tonight. It's going to have to be late because your date works. And he's also not here in the Bay Area right now. However, he's got access to wonderful transportation. I'm going to find an all-night eatery. And I'm going to set it up for tonight around midnight. You go get the baby to bed. Okay. He goes and watches his basketball game. Midnight tonight, you and Iguodala. Oh, boy. You celebrate Valentine's Day together. You bury this hatchet. I told you, Mark. (laughs) Not doing it. It's dry January. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, because nothing says Valentine's like talking about the former small forward from Arizona State. Well, He's a sixer. He was a nugget. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm not here to talk about it, though. Yeah. Did you say he was from Arizona State? He didn't, didn't play he in Arizona State. Arizona? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, same thing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Those rivals do not agree yeah, that that's the same. Have you ever been to Tempe? I, think I was thinking ever, of Ike Diago. You ever been to Tucson? <laughs> been to both. Not the same. Uh, not the same. I actually just went to Tucson. Uh, <laughs> that's where I proposed, actually. You did? In Tucson, what? yeah. Yeah. This time or last time? The, this time. Okay. This time. <laughs> Let's see where I go next oh, time. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Tucson, I remember <laughs> this that. This time now. or last time. 
Well, takes one to know one. Just, yeah, it's okay. Not it's five, okay. not six. Okay, where's uh, Big Lou? Seriously. Hey. Lou? Anyway, all right. Uh, He's on meds, too. <laughs> okay, uh, check it out. Listen, speaking of former, <laughs> former warrior James Wiseman. As a pivot. Was the subject uh, yesterday because this was the first availability for a lot of warriors since the trade all went down. So there were a lot of questions. And I thought this got a little a little uncomfortable. I mean, not really, but but kind of. I mean, you, you tell me. This is 90 seconds of Steph Curry on James Wiseman. I mean, it's such a unique situation from jump where... You know, we're coming off of five straight finals appearances. We have a down year, second pick. It was a guy that, you know, on paper filled a need for us in terms of, you know, a big presence like that that could be athletic on both ends of the floor. And I know it's been well documented just the ups and downs that he's had in his whole career with the injuries, the COVID stuff they had, you know, first training camp to the meniscus the, uh, surgery and you know the challenges there every time he started to figure out a little bit of momentum and show the signs he had something kind of pull him off the floor for whatever reason so he never really could figure out you know just the availability part and that was nothing he could control there it was just a matter of you know how, how the cars were dealt and I think we all love James like that's the biggest thing it's, it's a guy that you, you root for it's a guy that you know will be able to figure it out it's a guy that approaches every part of his job the right way has a great attitude considering everything he's been through and the expectations around him and the conversations around him so a lot of confidence that he'll be around this league for a long time I don't know what his ceiling is but it's a guy I want to see if you know figure it out and have an opportunity i know it's been said it just wasn't going to be here because of you know all those circumstances and the fact that uh it was just tough to find minutes for him uh, because of what we're trying to do and and what lou and Draymond, even jay mike now bring to the floor so um i'm, I'm happy i'm excited for him i hope he does some great things in this league <laughs> look it's it's a fine quote there's nothing wrong with yeah. anything that steph said there here here's the problem I almost want to go back through it. How many times was the phrase figure it out uttered by Steph Curry? And even though sometimes he was talking about availability, I think this is, it's hard when players are put in a situation. It's like, I need you to talk about something and you kind of have to be nice. Um, right. You probably can't share really what you feel totally at your core, but you need to share a little bit. And maybe this is the game they play uh, when they live in the public eye all the time. But Especially when you're Steph Curry where you're right. a class act and all the way through. And he's used to this, right? So James Wiseman, by all accounts, this is a nice guy. Yeah. So nice. They like James. Yeah, they love him. They, That's what Steph said. He's a teammate. They and he love did him. all the things that he could have possibly done to figure it out. Right. They're rooting for him. Yeah. And there's no doubt that he's going to be <clears throat> in the league and, you know, health and figure it out and fig figure it out. Felt a little bit like he was reading from his Wikipedia. James. You know, James. Wiseman began his high school at the Ensworth <laughs> School in Nashville. Uh, he right. was coached by there's, Penny Hardaway. Meniscus? Yeah. There, there he, was a meniscus. He kind of went through the whole thing. There was <laughs> there a meniscus. Was, and then, right. The one thing that I, I take issue with, and this is something that the fans, all the Wiseman stands, have said, the notion that it was tough to find minutes for James Speak Wiseman. Speak on this, please. It was tough to find minutes 
for James Wiseman. Well, Mark, I've done the math, and there are, let's say, 48 times 5. Two, there are 240 minutes in every game in the association. And if you times that by 82, you're talking about almost 20,000 minutes of NBA basketball. Can't find them anywhere. Can't, I mean, where, where, are those, my where are those damn I minutes? I lost my minutes. You're telling me, and this is what people say about Kaminga and Moody as well, you're telling me you can't find minutes for a seven-footer? Thank you. Now, the real quote is, we didn't want to give him minutes because he's you. not any good. He didn't earn any. Right. You can find minutes those damn for the minutes? number two pick in the draft at seven foot one. There's only one prereq. You have to be able to play. And I don't mean that in terms of meniscus. I mean, you have to be good at basketball to play on the Warriors. This just in. You got to be really good. So I understand the narrative they're using. Hard to find minutes for a young guy because we're a championship-level team. That's fair. There's some fairness to it. However, there's also not some fairness to parts of that, which is that when you're the number two overall pick and you're seven foot one, and you're on a team that doesn't have any big people, you will get minutes provided that you're good. You're good. And, again, I'm going to go back to my phrase, figure it out. This is what I think has really gone on with James Wiseman. It's not that he doesn't flash. It's not that he doesn't have an unbelievable skill set. But James hasn't figured it out. And that's why I do, to a degree, dismiss all of the injury talk. Because James, while his number of games would suggest he's a rookie, he's not. He's been there. This is year three. Right. He's been in the film room. He's been in the practice facility. Even if he's just watching, he should know where to be and when on both ends of the floor. And he hasn't, say it with me, figured figured it out. out. So you got to go to Detroit because that's all they do is they run around in circles exactly. with young players and, they try, and to try to figure, to figure, it, figure out. it out. Exactly. So They've got five guys younger than James Wiseman on right. the roster. So that's a great place to go, and you're basically on an under-22 AAU graduate alumni team. You went to the minor leagues. Go figure it out. Yeah, yeah. It's go like figure going to, it out. It's like going to Bart, Santa Cruz. Go to figure it out. He went to Santa Cruz, and he figured it out. Unfortunately, the way he played in Santa Cruz, while highlight-filled... And the boardwalk, <laughs> the highlights. What he did in Santa Cruz does not apply to what he needed to do in Golden State because they needed him to play a different way, and he hadn't yet figured it out, as you mentioned. Yeah. Now, the one thing I'll push back on is the notion that by sitting and watching, which he did a ton, you can really figure it out and get mm. better. So he's only played 60 games in the association which is two years worth of college basketball. He played three games in college, so he's basically a college sophomore right now in terms of on-court ability. Listen, my alma mater, Cal Poly's motto is learn by doing, so I'm with you. You have to do it, but there's something that you also learn by being there. For sure. sure. I don't want to hear next year that Trey Lance is a rookie. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's going to be. Well, he wasn't this year either. System for three years with practices and OTAs and all the things that these guys do. That's worth something. It's not the same as playing in the regular season, but you're also not a rookie. And and James, I think we saw it when he went out there. He he looks 
He did. I mean, yeah. we called Brandon Belt the giraffe. James looks like a baby giraffe. Like, he's just going in the wrong direction. Can and- you learn by watching more as Trey Lance than you can as James Wiseman? Just when, huh. you, when you laid that out, I was thinking, as a quarterback, you can probably learn more by not playing than you can as a basketball player. I actually, so my first, my initial thought was the opposite. Really? Yeah, just because when you're the quarterback and, and defenses are being built to disguise... And everything is directed at you. You have the ball and everyone's running at you. The best right. defensive players in the world. And so the processing of that, you have to go do it. And and in practice, you've got a fake jersey on that says no one can hit me. And so you can't replicate it that well. If you're it, just specifically talk on the defensive end for James Wiseman. Yes, you have to do it. But I would also think... Defensive rotations, you should be able to look at film and and have an idea of where you're supposed to be and when. And everything's not directed at you. Like, people aren't trying to come tackle you. But to me, they're trying to score. In football, being the quarterback, there's so much you can learn about plays, formations, and all of the other stuff that you have to learn in the classroom. And as an NBA player, yeah, you can learn the defensive rotations, but you can't assimilate to the speed of the game unless you're out there on the floor. So um, I got it. We got to say hello to Haha, who spent $5 on YouTube to okay. send in this comment. Uh, my mom is a retired ex Oakland nurse who has literally brought people back from the dead. Even she gave up on Wiseman last year. Oh, man. Thank you, Ha Ha. That was well worth the five bucks. Yeah. We give you a Clinton Dix on the end of that. That was a good Ha Ha right there. Yeah. Um, All right. 888-957-9578. So she put the paddles away on Wiseman. (laughs) She stopped the CPR on Wiseman. I feel bad. But listen to all these warriors talk about James. I think it's rather obvious. Did you know what no one said? Hey, man, watch out. James is going to be a big deal in this league. Nobody said that. Right. His best friends, his teammates, guys who worked out with him in the lab. Ha-ha's mom. Ha-ha's mom. Mrs. No- Ha-ha. <laughs> Mama Ha-ha. <laughs> totally. Um, nobody said that because nobody believes that. I wonder what Penny Hardaway would say, his former coach at uh, a couple of different levels, if he's a guy who says, watch out. Uh, and by the way, of course, I wonder if James Wiseman makes his debut tomorrow as the Pistons are back on the floor. Will James be a available? And can you imagine if he's available to play and he gets a DNP CD? And the Detroit coach comes out and goes, look, it's going to be tough to find him some minutes because of what we're trying to do here. I, I, he needs you know, to figure it out before he plays out. for the Pistons. Because uh, Detroit, I'll got, tell you what. They got a lot on the line. Yeah, if Detroit runs the table, uh, <laughs> they wind up 39-43 and 43 if they win their last 24 games, Mark. So they're not out of it. No, no, not by any stretch. They're only 12 out of the 10 seed. No, they got to win tomorrow night. If they lose, they fall to 15 and 44, and you don't want that. Uh, All right. That's a big hole to dig out of. (laughs) Professor in Pleasanton is next up here on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Professor, what are you doing? Hey, guys. uh, Appreciate you taking the call. I just want to make some comments. First of all, Iggy, I love the man. He was just awesome. He got us our first championship, MVP, uh, you know, NBA, <laughs> all NBA, MVP, the whole bit. But it's he's done. Uh, he needs. We need that roster spot for sure. There's no question about that. 
Um, I just don't know that the Warriors feel like there's anything they can do with that roster spot that's going to mean more. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're asking, and I, and I know that nobody cares about this, but Bob Myers literally said this when he spoke publicly a couple of days ago. Like, whoever they get on the buyout market, if they look at that, like, the owners of the Warriors are going to have to say, all right, here's here's millions of dollars right. to go get someone you're actually going to use. Don't do this if you're just going to sit there and watch Warrior games. We've already got that. Yeah, we've, we've got, got Andre Iguodala. We've got that in yeah. spades. I, you're absolutely right in terms of uh, you got to find somebody who is a useful player. The name Serge Ibaka has been thrown out. Yeah. Even Serge Ibaka. Let's just say that he wants to be a Warrior. He's a Warriors. He'll always going to be a Warriors. <laughs> if he gets bought out and he comes here... How many minutes can you find for Serge Ibaka? I, I, we've had a hard yeah. time finding minutes. Yeah, I know. Send out one of those hound dogs to find him. But Kevin Love, you like the name Kevin Love? How many minutes do we have for Kevin Love? I don't Is know. he got some minutes for Kevin Love? Like six to eight? I don't know. To Ten? I don't know. Can yeah. you get a rebound and shoot a three? I'm in if you can get a rebound. You're already a horrific defensive team, and you're going to add another guy I who, mean, even at yeah. his finest, yeah. wasn't known for being a lockdown defender. Fair point. It's a fair point. Uh, Rich in Fremont, you're next up. Uh, hey, Rich, what are you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Right now, I'm sitting in my car listening to you, and I'm here to tell you right now, call me nobody, okay? Because I'm going to tell you right now, James Wiseman is going to make a huge Flash in this league, and I'll tell you why. The reason why Wiseman did not do well in Golden State is because Wiseman did not fit the system, and he didn't want to do what they wanted him to do. That's the reason why it didn't work out. Okay, but explain that, Rich. Explain that, Rich, because I have a I have a rebuttal. But he didn't fit the system. What's the system, and why didn't he fit? The system. For him and for what Kerr wanted out of him and the coaching staff was that they wanted him to rebound, they wanted him to defend, and they wanted him to set picks. Okay? Okay. Wiseman, Wiseman wanted to use his athleticism. He wanted to shoot the ball. Okay? He didn't want to play a lot of defense. Those three things I, I said, if he'd have done those three things, he still would be in Golden State. All right. I love the, I love what totally you said. Agree with you, Rich. Rich. I totally agree. But here's why your premise is correct and your conclusion is wrong. Don't let him talk to you like that, Rich. I'm with you 100 percent now, Rich. <laughs> no, well, no, he he asked to be called nobody, not Rich. Call him nobody because I said nobody said that James Wiseman's going to play well in this league, and Rich said, "Then call me nobody." Right. Here's the deal, Rich. You just said it. Wiseman doesn't want to play defense. Oh, stop right. There. That's that's an unfair characterization. Maybe it is, but that's Rich's premise. Rich's premise is he didn't fit the system because the Warriors wanted him to play defense and Wiseman wanted to show out offensively. Maybe there's some truth to that. We'll see, yeah. Uh... If that's your premise, then you're right. James Wiseman doesn't fit this system nor does he fit any good system in the NBA. Well, nor does any of these Warriors currently fit the system, and quite frankly. therefore, he will never be a part of something that matters in the NBA. I'm sorry. You do not get to be seven foot one and tell your team, yeah, 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 not really interested in the whole defense thing. 
I'd like to be over here and show out offensively. See, I don't think that he's ever said that. Of course he doesn't say that. Who would say that out loud? No, but I think his actions show you that he's not ready to be the kind of defender that the Warriors needed him to be. And that's, I think, partly what Rich was saying. James Wiseman offensively wants to be more of a perimeter player. He likes to play that way and use his athleticism and his skill. He's more of a finesse big. The Warriors want their bigs to be more like Kavon Looney. Kavon Looney is a lunch pail, hard hat, big. He does all the dirty work. He doesn't need to score. He doesn't need to shoot it. He rebounds and he sets picks and he plays good defense. That's what the Warriors wanted in James Wiseman. And they have enough guys out on the perimeter shooting and and flashing. I think it's weird to say that there's not room for both. Like, why are we... We're talking about the two ends of the floor as if they conflict with each other. These are not two things that have been scheduled at the same time. You're not double booked. You're allowed to show out offensively and then kick butt on the other end of the floor. But I don't think he's ready to do that. Well, then you're not ready to play on a good team. And that's why you can't find minutes for him. Yeah, you can't play on a good team then. Like, we can't... I understand that there are offensive stars in the NBA who don't defend James Harden. I know, right? We can do this. But how many championship teams has James Harden been on? Right, like this yeah, is not many. this is the point, like Russell. Zero, this I think. Is, right, right. This is this is the point. You're seven foot one, James. You want to show? It? I don't know why those two puzzle pieces didn't get put together. Do you want to shoot and score seventeen a game, James? I have an idea. Defend because if you defend, you're going to be on the floor, and then you're going to score seventeen points right. a game. I don't These think things that are he, connected, but I don't think that he is currently built. Maybe it's a thing about his own countenance to where. You got to have some nasty in you in the NBA to play that way. I just, people want to compare him to Jermaine O'Neal. We've all done it till the cows come home. The name that popped in my head for his ceiling is Chris Bosch. And so okay. I wanted to look at Chris Bosch and I found his stats early in his career because he, he played as a 19 year old in Toronto. He played 75 games, 33 and a half minutes a night, and he averaged 7.4 rebounds a night. Forget the points. He averaged 11 and a half, and I know he's a Hall of Famer, and it's unfair to say James Wiseman's going to be that. But I was thinking in terms of James Wiseman as a young player, Bosch was pulling seven rebounds a night because he was in there physical and nasty. James Wiseman has not shown that he's trending toward that that kind of a player. Right. Like, it, 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 to me, it's very simple. You have great, and I don't know why. I know people, you get wooed by the excitement of a number two overall pick and the skill set that he has. The players are telling you everything they need to, that you need to know. Great Hall of Fame dynasty basketball players have all, on the down low, shared the opinion, we didn't want him on the floor with us. We don't want him. They were hiding minutes from on him, the Mark. Floor they couldn't find him. Right? And, and and some of you are acting like, well, man, he's going to... You don't think they want a great player on the floor with them? A great big man, especially, it's literally right? literally what runs the NBA now is guys are like, give me more. I want more teammates. Let's put huge names together. Let's all collectively do this. This is how we build NBA teams. You're telling me Steph Curry and Draymond Green have decided they don't want a skill set on the floor with them? He can't play effective basketball. He's got skills... He could put the ball in the hole, but he can't play winning basketball. This is what this is the straw that stirs the drink in the NBA. There are tons of dudes who can put up stats. There are not tons of dudes who can play winning basketball. James Wiseman right now 
and in the Warriors' minds, even into the future, cannot play winning basketball. And if that's the case, I don't care what Pistons, Hornets, whatever team you want to stick him on, that's where his career is going. Is not going to be in the NBA Finals. Well, it's not going to be in the NBA if he doesn't show that market improvement when he gets the minutes. He's going to have about two dozen games with Detroit, and they've got uh, they've got six players born after the year two thousand. Mark, so he's on a team this with is, this is wild. I mean, he's got a bunch of pups that he's going to be able to run with and play with. And you know what? Of all the guys on Detroit, not many of them have. Figured it out. Cade Cunningham has figured it out. Looks like And it. he's out for the year. He's hurt. But the rest of these youngsters, they all have a chance to figure it out together. And if James Wiseman doesn't start to show real progress, he might go the way of the Dodo Bird. Yeah, I mean, if he averages 14 points a game the rest of the year, I'm still not going to be, oh, gosh, they gave up too early. You, it, like, he just, he's not well-rounded enough. Even if his greatest supporter is going to call in and the main point is, well, he didn't want to play defense and the Warriors didn't like that. Well, then the Warriors are right. Then the Warriors are right. That, that, that's, that's it. Warriors Community Foundation is excited to announce the February auction presented by Cash Creek Casino Resort. It is live now through Sunday, February 19th. Wide variety of items up for auction, including signed jerseys, tickets to games, even the chance to meet some of your favorite athletes in person. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity to give back and score some amazing sports memorabilia at the same time. Visit warriors.com slash auctions. Plenty more of your phone calls on Wiseman and the Warriors coming up next at 888-957-9570. Also coming up next, NFC quarterback draft. How many names come out before you get to Brock Purdy? Maybe not as many as you think. We'll get to that around the corner as well on Withered in Dips.